This podcast may contain strong language and references to violence. Listener discretion is advised. The citizens handle. The citizens Kia ora no my hare mai and welcome to the Citizen's Handbook podcast, the companion podcast to the Citizen's Handbook web series that you should watch. And if you haven't watched it, go do that right now. My name is Robbie, and this is a podcast for people who want to know about New Zealand but hate to read. So, we've invited a comedian and turned civics education into a game that someone can win. To make sure that nobody cheats, we've got a moderator called Finn. Finn, tell us how the game works. Okay, Robbie, I will. Thanks, Finn. Robbie and our guest are going to take turns explaining a topic to each other, but they're also going to sneak in three cheeky little lies. Whoever spots the most lies from the other person wins. Easy. Easy. Today our special guest is Tom Sainsbury, New Zealand's most famous Snapchatter, and we'll be talking about market regulation, the raft of tools government uses to keep the economy going, so we don't slip into some kind of terrible Mad Max scenario. I'll be talking about GDP and the well-being budget, and Tom will be talking about free trade agreements. Fun! There'll also be some lies to look for, hidden away like my keys when I was trying to leave the house this morning. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm so excited. Are you? Are yeah, you? I am. You're feeling ready to lie? Yeah, I'm always ready to lie. It's there. I'm very good at it. <laughs> this is something you've been practicing yeah. quite a lot? Not not intentionally, but it's there. The skill base is there. Sure. But now I'm like, oh, it's Thank all come goodness. to this moment. <laughs> Thank goodness I did all of that work. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, well, I'm going to lie to you first. Oh, I'm excited about That's this. That's okay. Lie to me, baby. Okay, you ready? Yep. Yep. I'm going to lie to you about... GDP oh God. and the well-being budget. Oh, God. So that's an area of strength for you, is it? I thought, oh, anyway, let's do it. <laughs> like all economic terms, GDP is simple, and that doesn't count as one of the lies. GDP stands for Gross Domestic Product. Most people in society produce goods or services, and if you don't, you're either lazy or doing something the market says isn't worth any money, like raising a child. If you add up the value of all the goods and services that people get paid for, then you get the gross domestic product, or GDP. GDP is an indicator of how much an economy produces, and it's been used by lots of governments as the main indicator of whether or not your economy is doing good. If GDP is more than it was last year, then we're producing more, and that's good, because a life with more stuff is generally preferable to a life with less stuff. A life with a house and food is preferable to one with neither. The economist who invented GDP, Simon Kuznets, proclaimed it was the end of economic uncertainty, saying GDP is the definitive measure of a nation's well-being. But since then, economists have figured out that GDP actually has a lot of limitations. GDP should be used as an indicator of how much an economy produces, because that's what it measures. And you should typically use measurements to measure the things that they measure. Using GDP to measure welfare is like using a metronome to find out if a song will make you cry. It might be relevant, but it isn't the whole story. Like that metaphor, Tom? I do. Yeah, cool. 
One of the main things that GDP doesn't measure is all the work that happens outside of the economy. Basically, anything people do for free, like raising children or your mum looking after your granddad. If governments focus on increasing GDP, they might try to stop your mum from doing unpaid work to join the paid workforce, which means your granddad will be lonely and sad. GDP also doesn't take into account bad things we don't include in the market. For example, if a company creates an oil spill and then cleans it up, that would look really good to GDP because you've increased economic activity. GDP doesn't care about all the birds who are covered in goop. GDP also doesn't measure inequality. So a high GDP might make a country look rich, even though most of its citizens are poor. GDP is a useful measurement, but some economists think it's been considered too important for too long. To quote Jacinda Ardern, We shouldn't measure everything in terms of GDP figures or economics. There is something called quality of life. And that's one reason the New Zealand Treasury developed something called the Living Standards Framework as part of the Labour Party's well-being budget. The Living Standards Framework measures all sorts of things in an attempt to find out if New Zealanders' lives are going well or whether we're all just as sad as we'd always assumed. The Living Standards Framework asks people about life satisfaction and your life sense of purpose. It asks how easy you find it to express your identity. It asks you what you think of your parents. It measures voter turnout, hourly earnings, the unemployment rate, and whether you feel lonely. Obviously, it's difficult to know what should be measured, whether we're measuring these things well, and what we should do about those measurements. The question, what makes life good, is quite complicated, but that doesn't mean we should go back to assuming that the answer is more goods and services. GDP is a very specific measurement of a specific thing, and we're trying to measure more things to know if our citizens are living a good life, because fundamentally, that's supposed to be the point of the economy, society, and government. Measuring lots of different things about people's lives is a good place to start, but it's obviously very different to actually making people's lives better. Even if the Living Standards Framework is a good idea, that doesn't mean that Labour's first wellbeing budget did a good job of improving people's living standards. But that's too political. And this is RNZ, so that's the end of my talk. I zoned out. Yep. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, I got the first couple of sentences. Yeah. With the lies in there. Um, it all reads true, <laughs> but there are three lies in there, right? Mm -hmm. I found after hearing other people read theirs, either all of it seems true yeah. or all of it seems like a lie. And you're just like, well. Either right. way, it, it stabs in the dark. It stabs in the dark. I really wanted to get three out of three, but I'm going to get zero out of three. Can I hear a standards for the living standards framework? Mm -hmm. The living standards framework asks people about life satisfaction and your life sense of purpose. It asks how easy you find it to express your identity. It asks you what you think of your parents. It measures voter turnout, hourly earnings, the unemployment rate, and whether you feel lonely. Okay. Can I say it's the what you think about your parents as a lie? You can certainly can make that accusation. So Tom doubts that the living standards framework includes a question about what you think about your parents. And even though Robbie tried very hard to read that paragraph <laughs> in a way that would give nothing away, it is in fact a correct accusation. Yes, correct. Yes. Correct. I made that one up. It does ask if you're, if you're lonely. Yes. 
if you can express yourself and if you've got a sense of purpose, it doesn't it doesn't ask if you hate your parents. Yes. <laughs> can I make my next accusation? You sure can. There was something around definitive measure. What was that one? Y- yep. The economist who invented GDP, Simon Kuznets, proclaimed it was the end of economic uncertainty, saying GDP is the definitive measure of a nation's well-being. Oh, look, I'm struggling. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say, is that he didn't? I'm gonna accuse that he didn't say that. That's my call. So we got second accusation from Tom mm-hmm. about what the inventor of GDP reckoned about it, mm-hmm. and that accusation is correct. Yes, Tom, you look so uncertain, and you've got two from two. God, now there's the final one. Okay. I'll just say as well that Simon Kuznets. So I said that he said that his thing that he'd come up with GDP was the best thing ever and you should use it to measure welfare and they'd be, mm-hmm. he said like the exact opposite he said um, the welfare of a nation can scarcely be inferred from a measurement of national income oh. which basically means like please don't use it yeah. don't use it to do that please and then people just for the next like 70 years were like nah we're using Sorry, it. man. We're just going to do that it's anyway. It's like the Stanislavski technique. Did you guys know that? Oh, no, I didn't know that. You know the method of like actors yeah. becoming, that was only the first half. Like Stanislavski <laughs> said, you do that, and then you had, there's a whole other step where you just like forget about, like you just kind of imbue it. But everyone just took the first half of the Stanislavski <laughs> technique of doing the method, like, you know, Marlon Brando and stuff like that. So It's the same go. as I, IQ. The guy who did IQ was like, please don't use it as a measure of intelligence. That's a terrible idea. We've got to listen to inventors more. We do. Yeah. They know what they're talking about. Okay. I'm just going to have to make up one. I think maybe it does um, consider care as, as something. Cool. So we've got an accusation from Tom that the GDP does in fact include family members caring for other family members at home. Mm-hmm. That accusation is incorrect. Damn. Two from three, though. Not good enough. <laughs> Not good enough. You're extremely high standards for yourself, Tom. What's the last lie? The last uh, lie was one you skated right over the top of. The other lie was uh, that Jacinda Ardern said we shouldn't measure everything in terms mm. of GDP figures or economics. There is something called quality of life. She she probably believes that. Yes. But that quote uh, is from Nigel Farage. Oh, but I agree with that statement. Where does that leave me? <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's just that, like... I think like, you're pro-Brexit. I, think, I you, think I am. No, but I think that what that shows is that just, like, pretty much across the spectrum now, people are like, don't just use GDP. Yes. That's dumb. Yes. That's a dumb thing to do. Find out if people are happy, because that's the point of all of the... Country Existence. and everything. Yeah. Well, well done. I didn't pick that up as a lie at all. So that's on, you it's know, that's sneaky. your skills. Yeah. You've got two from three. Oh, I'm so which disappointed is, with myself. Well, it's very good got it going. Robbie's never got more than two. Just so you know. Okay. Um. So all is not lost. You're Great. in pretty good stead. At the end of round one, um, Robbie has zero points and Tom has two points. Yes, I'm winning. Yeah. So I mean, Tom is definitely winning. Sure. But that takes us into round two. Mm-hmm. So I'll hand it over to you, Tom, to take it away. Um, I'm going to be reading to you about FTAs. Do you know what they are? Free trade agreements. You got it. Including the TPPA and the CPTPP. P-P-P-T-A-P-P. 
SPP, QRP. No, sorry, the CPTPP. Oh, no, this is going to be horrible. The TPPA, the famous trade agreement that didn't happen, or did it? I don't know. First, I'll explain what a free trade agreement is, so we're all on the same page, okay? So a free trade agreement is a deal you make with another country to each lower your border tariffs and make it easier to export your stuff and then import their stuff. So that's the FDA. So that way, each country can specialise in making a certain thing to export. And the stuff that they don't make, they can get for cheaper. So back and forth, you know, like a pat on the back with another country. Everyone wins. Like in New Zealand, so like we've got heaps of beef, we've got kiwi fruit. And we've got wine, you know, the sevs are so important in the States. And so we make it really easy for other countries to buy that off us. And in return, we make deals and we can get stuff, you know, you get it, you you get it. So the TPPA, or the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement, was an expansion of an existing trade agreement from 2005 called the Trans-Pacific Strategic Economic Partnership Agreement, or the TPSEP which was between the four main Pacific Rim superpowers, Singapore, Brunei, Chile, and us. Those are some great countries. What does Singapore give us? Anyway, focused on. (laughs) Basically, this deal was so good that all these other countries, beside those four, they could kind of sign in. And like before you know, Australia, the United States, and half a dozen other countries were all jumping over each other to get in on this deal. For a while, it looks like Brazil might join in too, but it's decided that they're not really Pacific enough and it wouldn't be fair on everyone else. And so the negotiations start in 2008 and go all the way through to 2015, where the 12 countries finally agreed what the TPPA should be in their big final meeting in a hotel in Las Vegas. And I can only assume, just on a side note, that they all went and had the slots afterwards to celebrate once signing it. Um, But over the course of these negotiations, people back home were getting increasingly worried about what was in the deal and what the government was signing us up for. Some protesters tried to break into the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade to seize whatever TPPA documents they could find, but they were thwarted. The TPPA countries had all signed a confidentiality agreement as well, so it was all just this big hush-hush secret. And then the trade minister, Tim Grosser, came out and said we'd have to swallow some rats to get the deal done. And people were like, I'm freaking out. Some people worried about Pharmac and these things called the investor state dispute settlements where businesses can sue governments under certain circumstances. But both Helen Clark and John Key were definitely pro-TPPA, so it was all very tricky. Mm-hmm. In any case, the deal got signed between the 12 countries New Zealand ratified it, then Trump pulled the US out. Um, And then the TPPA died. A few months later, however, the 11 countries who weren't the USA decided to go ahead with the TPP anyway, so they changed the name to the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement of Trans-Pacific Partnership, fiddled with it a bit more and signed it again. Okay, cut to 2018 and the Labouring government... And even though some of the MPs had originally turned up at the protests, originally, they were all like, now it's like, no, this isn't the TPPA, this is something completely different. But the agreement literally was the TPPA, just with a few clauses suspended, including, to be fair, the one that threatened Pharmac. 
but the investor state dispute stuff is still in there, although the new agreement does narrow the scope of them. New Zealand also signed letters with nine of the other countries promising to not sue each other, so that's something. So yeah, the TPPA didn't die, it was just the transition phase between the TPSEP and the CPTPP. Thank you. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> I have no idea. You've got it. It's all there. Sure. You know. Great. Thanks, Tom. Go with your gut. Go with your gut. What did you scribble down? I scribbled down TPSEP, because I've never heard of that, which was the precursor, apparently, to the TPPA, which was then replaced by the CPTPP. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> See, I <laughs> listened. Good. You're I good. Listened. You listened. I wrote down, I, I don't think New Zealand ratified it, because I thought if they had, then that would be, I don't know, but that could be wrong. Um... I wasn't sure about your protesters breaking into MFAT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any facial reaction you want to give me there, Tom? Blank, neutral. Okay, well, that's no use to me. <laughs> Although the robot voice was Blank, odd. Blank, neutral. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say um, protesters didn't break into MFAT. That's my official j'accuse. Great. So straight out of the gates, Robbie's got an accusation that Tom's lying about protesters mm-hmm. breaking into MFAT and I believe trying to seize TPPA documents, that accusation is incorrect. Oh, I could see that on Todd's face. <laughs> Sorry, I really wanted you to... Sorry. <laughs> I'm like New Zealand and you're like Singapore and we're both wanting the best for each other. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. Thank you, Tom. That's really lovely. So there was this group called Show Us Your Texts. <laughs> Text. They were the one that broke into MFAT. Right. I feel like... Tried to break in. Tried to break in. We could have guessed that that group was maybe not the most responsible of the protesters. Um, Okay, well, zero from one. Not a great start. Okay, I'm going to... You can still um, tie tie if you get the next two. Mm. Right. (laughs) I don't know if you heard what Tom said, but it was a baffling series of letters that I borderline understood about 30% of the time. So the odds... (laughs) The odds of me nailing these last two, not high, uh, moderator Finn, but thanks. Right. Can you read the bit about the US wanting to join, like being really excited? Basically, the deal was so good that all these other countries started asking if they could sign up too. Before you know it, Australia, the United States, and a half a dozen other countries are all jumping over each other to get in on the deal. For a while, it okay, looks... Okay, I'm yeah. just going to jump in. I don't, it doesn't sound like the US to me... To be like jumping. Shall I finish the whole paragraph? Oh, okay, sure. Is there a lie in the rest of it? Uh, I'm not not allowed to say. Okay, please keep reading though. I'd love it if you did. For a while, it looks like Brazil might join too, but it's decided that they're not really specific enough and it wouldn't be fair to everyone else. Right. So is that the lie? I'm not saying anything. I'm being neutral. This is a horrible mind game that you're playing, Tom. (laughs) I'm going to go with my uh, my original, my initial gut feeling, because that's what humans do when they panic. Um, And I'm going to say the US was not desperately trying to join the TPPA. And so we've got another accusation from Robbie that the US was not that stoked about joining the agreement, Mm -hmm. which is 
Incorrect. Yep. Okay, great. Fantastic. Well, interesting you should say that, Robbie, but the US were really into it because China wasn't part of it. And by being part of the agreement, they could like pull all the other countries to them. To their bosom. I also kind of forgot that, like, there was a time when Barack Obama was president of the United States and, like, their decisions made more rational sense. (laughs) So that's that's on me. The flip side of having packed zero lies so far is that for your last guest, there are three lies in there. Yeah. So it's like fish in a barrel, It's funny, when you say things like that, it actually doesn't... It almost makes it as though it would be more humiliating if I didn't get this last one. That was an unintended effect of what I said. Well, take your word for that. Um, I'm going to say New Zealand... Did we ratify it? I'm going to say New Zealand didn't ratify the TPPA. We might have signed it, but I don't think we ratified it. And unfortunately, Robbie, it breaks my heart. It does not break your heart. To tell you that that's incorrect. You look so happy. It is not... We Sorry, did ratify Robbie. it. Oh. I blame I blame myself. I blame it. myself for the delivery. Thank you, Tom, but it's absolutely my fault. Oh, it was all good to go until Trump got elected, I'm afraid. Right. So it it did go through Parliament and uh-huh. all the MPs were like, Yep, we love this. Let's do it. Yep. Well, I feel quite sad. But uh, you know, now we've got three lovely learnings yes. that get to happen. So silver lining to my catastrophic failure. Wow. Yeah. So that means that there are three uncovered lies Great. buried in there. Buried in this mess. Do you yes. want to tell us what those are, Tom? Take Absolutely. Us through them. The first lie was that Brazil was never part of the TPPA. So you were trying to help me. You are a nice man. <laughs> I think if you listen back to this episode, you will scream at yourself. Okay. Well, I'm already feeling <laughs> that, so maybe I'll skip this one. Maybe I'll skip this one on the re- re-listen. Um, the next one, I said that they all had their big thing in Vegas. Oh, I did write that down. But it was yeah. actually Hawaii. Oh, yeah. And Atlanta. Okay. There we go. And then the last one was very obscure. A, a bit sneaky. So, New Zealand, you know how I said that they, he, uh, New Zealand, he? He. New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand. You know how I said New Zealand signed letters to promise each other not to sue each other? Can you oh, remember yeah. that? Yeah. Um, it was only with five out of the ten countries, not nine out of the ten countries. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. How did, you, how did you not know that? <laughs> yeah, so basically Japan, Canada, Chile and Mexico can still sue us. Okay, well that's not great. Um, are we in the CPTPP? Yeah. Yeah. And has are. that happened now? Yeah. Yeah, so we signed it in October 2018. Okay, that's quite a while ago, so I probably should have known that as well. Yeah. Um, well, that's, you know, it, it hasn't gone well for me, uh, but I've learned a lot. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing about, you know, the more ignorant you are, the, the more, more you have to learn. Yes. You know? The bigger the bucket is to pour all that knowledge into. Yeah, big, big empty bucket. I'll just do a quick score tally. Oh, uh, do we, do we? So at the end of two rounds, Tom Sainsbury has come away with two points, <gasps> successfully picking out two of Robbie's lies. Yep. I'm still in with a chance. And Robbie has got no points. Oh. So congratulations, Tom. <gasps> Thank you. Have, you. you have won this episode. Yes. Very convincingly. Um, thank you so much for coming in uh, to be a part of the Citizens Handbook podcast. My pleasure. This episode of Market Regulation, which is absolutely the least fun episode. So we're so glad. <laughs> we're so glad that we had you to make it joyful. And um, 
Congratulations, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. What prize do I get? People keep asking this. Yeah. and Something from Singapore, I hope. We have signed you up to a trade deal with Singapore. Yes. Specifically between you and Singapore. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. A citizen's If you liked this podcast, you'll love the web series, The Citizen's Handbook, and you can find it at rnz.co.nz. The Citizen's Handbook podcast was researched and written by Phineas Tippett and me, Robbie Nickel. It is produced by Izzy Walton and Kevin and Co. The technical producer is Tim Batt. RNZ supervising producer is Justin Gregory, and RNZ senior commissioner is Kay Elmers. Tim Watkin is RNZ's executive producer for podcasts and series. This podcast was made possible by the RNZ and NZ On Air Innovation Fund. You can subscribe to this and every other RNZ podcast at Apple, Spotify, and other podcast providers. Please give us a rating. That way other people get to hear about the show.